The Power Podcast, choosing clarity over anxiety. Hello and welcome to The Power Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 57. As you uh, may have realised, we've had a bit of change of name. We um, we are now obviously going with um, the Power Podcast. And this is because um, I'm still going to be uh, obviously looking at and focusing on OCD a lot. But also I wanted to focus on anxiety in, in more general terms. So I'm going to be looking at other uh, anxiety disorders as well. And uh, so I wanted to change the name to to reflect this. As I mentioned uh, last week, if you, um, if you listened to the previous podcast... Um, I, I really like the name The Power Podcast because, um, you know, many, many of you have been contacting me about, you know, different issues related to OCD and different anxiety disorders. And actually, so much of it is related to this concept of power. When we really struggle with OCD, when we really struggle with anxiety disorders, we feel like we've lost that power. Like we, um, you know, somehow it's taken away from us. You know, OCD, anxiety can be like a bully. And it can really feel like you have lost that personal power. And so, you know, it's important to remember that you haven't. And this podcast really is all about that. The message of this podcast is, is you know, trying to help you to, to realize that you are the one uh, who is in control, not the anxiety, not the OCD. And so I think, you know, the Power Podcast is, is a good name to, um, you know, to kind of uh, remind us of that. Uh, and then also, you know, choosing clarity over anxiety. It's the same kind of thing. You know, we can we can choose to have peace of mind. You know, obviously, we can experience anxiety and we all experience anxiety sometimes. But it's the fighting with that. It's the pushing away of that that creates the problem, uh, that creates the lack of clarity. And again, a big part of my work and a big part of this podcast is helping people to, you know, to realize that, that is, you know, a big part of the problem. So that's the the reason for the for the name change. I'm still going to be focusing on OCD a lot. For example, uh, today is obviously uh, an interview with an OCD therapist. So um, there we go. Now, if you are struggling with OCD or, or anxiety, you can get in touch with me um, through my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. You can leave me a message there with any questions you have, or if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to book yourself a free uh, session, you can also do that there. So, on with today's show. Today, I interviewed the wonderful and charming Maytel Ashagan, and uh, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She received her master's degree in clinical psychology at Pepperdine University, and her bachelor's degree in psychology at UCLA. She specializes in the treatment of anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder and other obsessive compulsive related disorders in children, adolescents and adults. Uh, She is currently um, only offering virtual sessions and the name of her practice is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy LA. 
If you want to get in touch with Maytel, you can head over to Instagram and find her there, uh, mindful under underscore psych. Um, I'll also put her uh, website details um, in the show notes so you can check that out if you want. It's a, it's a really interesting conversation. Maytel obviously has a lot of experience in this area, a lot of knowledge to share. Uh, we discuss um, ERP, we discuss acceptance commitment therapy, we look at um, health anxiety and health OCD, and we also look at some of the problems faced by, um, you know, by contamination OCD and and the complications that that COVID causes for that. It's uh, you know it's a really interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions, then as always, do please let me know. And many thanks. Hi, Maisel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So, can you just um, tell everyone a little a little bit about yourself, please, just for some for some background. Sure. My name is Maytal Shagan. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I practice in Los Angeles, California, and I specialize in the treatment of OCD, anxiety, and other obsessive compulsive spectrum disorders. Fantastic. So why did you, uh, why did you decide to specialize in, in OCD? Well, first of all, I have to say I'm extremely passionate about OCD and anxiety disorders, but it was actually that something that fell into my lap. I worked for a group practice which specialized in anxiety and OCD, and it just clicked for me. I knew that it was something that I wanted to continue, and my passion for it grew so fast. Yeah, that that absolutely makes sense. So, so you kind of uh, you started working within the field, and you just saw that it was something that was really interesting for you. you know, you you felt like you were helping people and uh, that kind of thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm, okay, and um, so I take it as you're, you know, you're obviously uh, a trained therapist, and so I presume your favorite your 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 favored method of treatment is obviously ERP. You know. Definitely. So I would obviously say exposure and response prevention is my favorite treatment method, especially, obviously, it's the gold standard treatment for OCD. So if you want, I can speak a little bit about it for the listeners, for those that don't know about ERP. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. So I always break it down into two parts. So the exposure refers to exposing yourself to the thoughts, images, urges, or any situations that makes you anxious. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to simulate the obsessional fear. The response prevention part is the part where you decide not to engage in that compulsive behavior whenever that obsessional fear is present. So Another way I also put it out for my clients is obsessions are automatic, but compulsions are a choice. So we want to change our relationship with anxiety by changing the way we respond to those obsessional fears. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. It's something that I kind of talk about a lot because, you know, we often don't realize that the compulsions are a choice. It can feel like, you know, that we're kind of having our, you know, our hands like bent backwards by the OCD and that we have to do, you know, like the, the process, the thought we have to 
we have to perform the compulsion and it, you know it's not true but it really does feel like it is no yeah it does and i think with treatment we learn that thoughts are just thoughts and you know just because ocd is telling you to do something we don't always have to listen so um with erp i think that you know there is a lot of habituation and i think that eventually you can learn that you don't have to follow ocd's rules mm. and so the with, with the majority of the work that you're doing with with erp is that mostly kind of uh, imaginal um exposure work for what for what type so there's obviously like you know there's so many subtypes of ocd so are you talking about um a specific subtype i use both when we're doing erp we do a lot of in vivo exposures and we also do a lot of imaginal scripting yeah because well, obviously it depends you know whether it is uh something like contamination ocd for example where like you're just saying you know you can actually do some real life kind of exposure work but then with some uh, with some purely obsessional, although I don't like that term, um, but you know what I mean. With that type of OCD, sometimes it can be harder to do to do that in person kind of um, exposure work, depending what the uh, the issue is. So yeah, so 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 you do a combination of the two, and um, it can be script writing, or it can actually be you know looking for the things that people are you know are, are struggling with and. Um, you know, actually doing some of those things. Absolutely. So like you said, I think it depends on what subtype we're dealing with. Um, but I think if we can do in vivo exposures, it is favored. Hmm. Um, but you can use imaginal exposures as well for the for mental rumination or for, um, like you said, the term pure obsession which I don't like that word either mm. for exposures in that nature yeah yeah okay and what are some of the things that hold people back do you think from making progress in therapy because there's many people out there you know who are getting really good uh you know therapy and, and are making really good progress but probably for every one person who is making progress there's probably another who's not um what do you think that you know some of the things are uh, that are holding people back? That's a great question. So I actually always talk about the four different barriers that are based off acts from the book, The Happiness Trap. I don't know if you know what some of those barriers are, but I can you know, talk about it. I absolutely love ACT. Yeah, it's, uh, that's one of my favorite books, that book. Yes, yes, me too. So there is a chapter and he talks about the different barriers. So he uses the acronym FEAR, so F is fusion, so the stuff your mind tells you that gets in the way um, and you get hooked or you get caught up in it. Then there's E, so excessive goals, your goals are too big or you might lack the resources. Um, a is avoidance of discomfort. So. I think this one is a big one, right? When we're mm. talking about OCD treatment, right? Definitely. A lot of people might struggle with the un unwillingness to make room for the discomfort. And that brings a really big challenge in treatment. 
And the last one, R, is remoteness from value. So losing touch with, you know, what's important or meaningful. So I always like doing this exercise with them if I feel like there are any barriers in treatment. And I think that it helps them um, as a guide to see what's missing for them. Mm. Okay, fantastic. Now, something else I, I wanted to, to speak to you about, uh, because obviously it's something that's uh, topical right now. It's impacting a lot of a lot of people everywhere, and that is obviously COVID. What do you what do you think the impact is on on you know of COVID on people's mental health? You know, particularly in relation to you know anxiety and OCD. So generally, let's start with um, how it's impacted everyone, um, everyone's mental health, I would definitely yeah. say that it's impacted everyone in a number of ways. Yeah. Uh, quarantine and isolation, especially I think for children, obviously, even adults. Mm. Uh, in terms of health, I think many have been anxious about obviously contracting COVID, which, you know, has led many people check, uh, which has led people to, you know, check or scan their body, mm. or, you know, engaging in catastrophic thinking, like, I just went to the market, what if I got COVID? And obviously, it only becomes problematic when the anxiety is chronic and excessive. Um, so I think that in general, anxiety does have a purpose and that purpose is to keep us safe but when it becomes debilitating and it interferes with our functioning I would say obviously that's when it becomes problematic yeah yeah absolutely yeah I completely agree yep and um you know what can people do right now if they if they are you know finding themselves you know overly obsessing about COVID obviously people should take you know, normal precautions. But if they are overly obsessing, if they're finding that it's really, you know, impairing on their quality of life, what do you think they could uh, start doing about that? A few things. So uh, for patients who do suffer from health anxiety, I would say that life is the exposure. So what we really want to practice is the response prevention. So when the obsessional fear is present, we want to lean into the dis into the discomfort rather than trying to escape it. So, yeah. you know, that includes not checking your body or not seeking reassurance or not, you know, going on Google, trying to search if you are sick or what your symptoms mean. And then generally, I would say you really want to be selective about your media intake. Um, and it's good yeah. to be Formed, but don't get sucked in. And then my favorite one, which I mentioned like a few seconds ago, is you really want to avoid Dr. Google. Um, I even have a post about this on my social media platform. It only fuels your anxiety and it really gets you stuck in the anxiety cycle. So that's what I mean by the response prevention. You really want to, you know, practice not uh not doing not fueling your anxiety yeah yeah no I think you're absolutely right I think I noticed uh even in myself um 
you know, kind of a, a, a kind of month ago or so that I was spending far too much time kind of reading up about what was happening around the world with with the pandemic and, um, you know, checking on Twitter and on social media all the time. And it's really draining, you know, even if it doesn't, you know, kind of eat into your into your particular OCD or anxiety, just spending so much time looking at that stuff, it uses up a lot of your energy, a lot, you know, energy that you could be putting, you know, somewhere else or that you could be using if you are struggling with, you know, a mental health issue to try to deal with that better. So yeah, I, I really, I really agree with that point you just made about that. I think it's, uh, it's absolutely true. Yeah, I definitely agree with you too. I, I can admit that when the pandemic first started, I was engaging with that type of behavior too. And it was, you know, it was fueling my anxiety. So I took a step back and I'm like, you know what? Um, we can't obviously control that we're in a pandemic and we have to practice um, controlling what's within our control and accept the uncontrollable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good advice, I think. Um, okay, and, and now a bit more of a specific question, you know, related to kind of contamination OCD. Um, because I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are struggling right now with this. And, and that is like, actually, when the when the virus kind of first appeared, one of the main uh, pieces of advice they were giving out was, you know, for people to wash their hands more. And, you know, obviously there was a cruel irony for, for people who do suffer with contamination OCD and particularly, you know, struggle with hand washing. Um, you know, it was kind of, uh, must, be, must be particularly difficult um, if you are struggling with, with that right now. Would you, would you have any advice for, for people who may be struggling with that, you know, to kind of come to um, a place where they're able to accept when when is it enough when it comes to hand washing for for covid definitely so i'm going to say what most ocd specialists are saying i would say follow cdc guidelines but don't go above and beyond the guidelines so for example if the cdc CDC says wash your hands after X, Y, and Z, follow it. But if you're washing because you're trying to seek certainty or trying to get rid of discomfort, that's when you know you have to work on response prevention or ritual prevention. You want to sit with the discomfort. I may or may not get COVID. So like, you know, with my patients, I always ask, what's the motivation behind your behavior? If they're washing excessively to seek certainty, that's when we know it's too much and it's problematic. So mm. I'm not sure if that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Like following the guidelines, you know there that there's a limit, you know, so you should be aiming to not go over that. And uh, then if you are, then obviously, you know, you're kind of doing that for reassurance rather than for, for any health benefits. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's fairly clear. Okay, so I also wanted to, to ask you about health OCD. Can you tell us a little bit about how um, health OCD presents? Yeah, of course. 
So basically, preoccupation with fears of having an illness or a medical condition that could be chronic or life-threatening. And it's really based off misinterpretation of harmless bodily sensations. And, you know, it continues to persist for the client even after getting appropriate medical eval and reassurance from their doctor that they are okay. Okay, interesting. And so what are what are kind of some of the symptoms that people have with that because obviously you know they can be experiencing you know some anxiety but obviously that anxiety is is just anxiety it's not a real a real problem but somehow for them it feels like it it really is no yeah, so people with health anxiety, they pay very close attention to their bodies and they're very sensitive to any change in their bodily state. So, you know, normal normal sensations in the body can make them you know, uh, experience fear or worry, like, and some of those changes can be heart rate, blood pressure, um, breathing. And I think part of it is you, we have to psychoeducate clients and we talk a little bit about homeostasis and, you know, in order for our body to maintain homeostasis, it's normal for us to have these changes in our body. So, um, you know, part of exposure, a second part of exposure when we're doing health anxiety is we do a lot of interoceptive exposure. So we're exposing the client to experience those bodily sensations, right? That basically mimic, let's say, um, the feared body sensation. So for example, mm. we might make them spin in order to create dizziness. So, I mean, that's just one part of it. There's many parts of treatment when we're dealing with health anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think we were we were chatting a little before about, um, you know, also kind of anxiety about um, presenting things and, uh, and certainly, you know, although this isn't health anxiety, when I was, uh, when I was at university, and I was having to do these presentations, I would get this feeling of dizziness, like you were just describing then. And, um, you know, that would be part of my fear of doing the presentation. Like, what if I get that that dizzy feeling and uh you know what if I actually pass out and uh you know it was a real fear and um you know although that never happened and then probably I was never in danger of that happening it really did feel like it like it could right so something else that I share with clients is that the sensations can be real but the danger isn't so like in terms of anxiety and OCD treatment. There's so many different metaphors and examples, but I like to talk about the car alarm example. So let's say a bird landed on your car and your alarm went off. That doesn't necessarily mean that there was a break-in. It was a false alarm, right? So with health, with health anxiety, there's a big misinterpretation of discomfort. Um, and like I said, the sensations are real, but the danger isn't. And we really have to practice allowing those symptoms to be present. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, from your from your experiences, you know, of working with people with OCD over over the years and anxiety as well. If you if you could only give you know one one tip from your experiences, um, what what would it be? 
That's a good question. So I would definitely, you know, tell my patients or anyone out there who's struggling with OCD, you got this, you can get your freedom back. You just have to have the willingness to experience whatever is present, which can include obviously discomfort um, and obviously choose your values. So we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, really, because ultimately that is is the most important thing, though. It's it's learning to be okay with that discomfort, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, people with uh, OCD, myself included, at some point, we've learned to not be okay with that discomfort. Whereas probably, you know, at some stage in our life, you know, maybe we 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 were at least a bit better than than we may may have been later in life. And so, yeah, it, it is, it is the right thing to do, but it can be very difficult. No, I agree. Believe me, I've been in many situations where I feel like, you know, my anxiety is trying to bully me, but Mm. then I take a step back and I'm like, okay, let's practice being present is, you know, is this values based or is this anxiety based? Right. So, and that's something I always ask my clients too. So you always want to choose your values and what matters to you and what's important to them, regardless if that anxiety is present. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it a very much uh, an act perspective there. No. Yes. Yes. I love act. Yeah. 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 No, it's really interesting. You mentioned the happiness trap. It's, um, you know, when I was really struggling, um, I think that was the book that um, helped me the most. Obviously, you know, doing some exposure work was very important as well. But um, the way I view ACT is kind of like a philosophy for, for how to deal with OCD in the moment in your day to day life when it comes up. Right. Yes. Yes. It's very heavy on values, diffusion, acceptance. And I think it is very helpful uh, to combine ERP with ACT. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the two together, it's like a one-two punch. It really does give you uh, the knockout so you can uh, stand up to that bully. (laughs) Yes. I like the way you put that. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. If people want to find out more about you, can they? What can they do? Uh, it's been wonderful to have this chat with you. Um, my Instagram platform name is mindful underscore psyche, and I also have a website www.cbtherapyla.com. Fantastic. Many thanks, and I hope you have a good day today. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Please remember, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free consultation uh, with me. All you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and uh, send me a message, and we, we can sort that out. And if you like, you can also follow me on Instagram, uh, at robertjamescoachinguk. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only. 
and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.